0: Welcome to this Golf Channel podcast. I'm your host, Will Gray, joined by the final major champion of 2017, Anna Nordqvist. Anna, how does uh, that sound?
1: Uh, it sounds pretty good. Uh, still feels a little surreal to me, but uh, it's starting to sink in that I actually won on Sunday.
0: What has uh, been the last 48 hours like for you since you left the 18th hole draped in the Swedish flag with the trophy in your hand?
1: Uh, it's been very overwhelming. Uh, it was very cold that day, obviously. And... Uh, was quite a bit of media and um, photographs after so staying out in the in the cold for another hour and a half was <laughs> the best so still trying to warm up but uh, spend some time with um, my closest closest friend and my team on um, on Sunday night meant a lot to me and then flying back here to Orlando where I live mm-hmm. um, all day yesterday so so pretty exhausted and just looking forward to being home now.
0: Do you remember the last time you saw a squeegee used on a green for? Any round, let alone a playoff, for a major championship?
1: Um, well, I know we, we had some struggles in the weather at Evian over the years. And last year, the, the final day, was course was soaked, and we kind of played it underwater. Um, but never seen anything like what was going on in the playoff and um, what happened there on Sunday.
0: How hard was that to kind of focus on your game and, and keep the elements at bay?
1: Uh, I feel like the hardest part was because I was done about an hour before the playoff um just trying to stay warm. Uh, I went to the green just to keep myself occupied in case there was going to be a playoff and in case I had a chance to win um I went inside because it was too cold, and the range was a little bit of a drive away, so uh I ruled that mm-hmm. option out pretty quickly um just tried to put as many clothes on as I could and where it could still swing um. And then showing up to that eighteen and t in the that first hole in the playoff, um, obviously it started raining even more, and just um, trying to stay loose and trying to stay warm, but that was quite impossible. <laughs> and then walking down the fairway, there we started to get some hail. Uh, my cat had thought that. That's gonna, always fun, right? Yeah, my cat actually thought they we were gonna call it, um, and I was having to <laughs> tell him to get the front yardish because <laughs> we were playing, and he's like, "Oh." Um, so yeah, it was it was quite an overwhelming. I don't know how long it took out there but it seemed, seemed a little bit forever.
0: Taking back to Thursday, what were your thoughts when the decision came down to scrub the play that had happened in the first round and cut us 54 holes?
1: I was lucky I was in the afternoon so I didn't have to be out there early uh, start playing and playing in those conditions and then sitting out waiting what was going to happen um, in the in the lunchroom or wherever you can find space. Um, so. Just staying in bed there helped me a lot. Uh, if I played on those conditions I'd probably want the same thing to happen, so I felt like it was the, the best thing that could happen and obviously you don't want to see a tournament go down to 54 holes. Um, I'd probably benefit more from 72 holes, especially in tough conditions, um, but same for everyone and Fortunate over the years, uh, having avian championship at that date being in September, uh, you know the weather is not going to be very good in mm-hmm. Europe. Uh, it can be great, but most times it's not, so I feel like it's all about the attitude, and but it is going to be the same for everyone, and maybe this is um, a little bit like a British Open.
0: There you go. So, this is major number two for you. What is the biggest difference between you as a person, as a player, or whatever, for 2009 versus 2017?
1: Um, i mean it 's even hard for me to explain what a different person and what a different player I am now compared to o nine um just starting out um left school um a little bit early uh halfway through my junior year and I got questioned whether that was the right decision or not and didn 't get my full card on on the tour and then ended up winning um my first start as a pro uh, and, and it being a major so it's very overwhelming because it it obviously got me the playing rights and Part of me, um, my dream came true that day um, with a lot of it. Um, but then now, over the years, I feel like I have a bigger appreciation for the game, and I know it's it's very competitive out there, and I know it's tough to win tournaments, and I know it's even tougher to win uh, major tournaments. But I'd say I'm much better um, golfer today than I, than I was back then, and um, I feel like just being out on tour for so many years you know grinding it out and having bad tournaments and having moments where you just want to give up um, make me appreciate this victory even more
0: so you have got a major championship this year you played well at the Solheim Cup although the wrong team won in your view uh, what was there a point this summer given your health concerns that you thought you weren't gonna be able to tee it up at the Solheim Cup
1: um, well I had a hard time accepting the fact that I uh, when I got the diagnosis that I had mono, um, obviously I wasn't feeling the best during U.S. Open. I was trying to f- fight it out and um, hoping it was just going to be a strep throat and it was going to be over in no time. Um yeah, I
0: mean, how long did it take to get to that diagnosis? Was it? Was it-
1: um, well, I, I felt really sh- the week of U.S. Open and um, got sick the Thursday before. Um, didn't really know what was going on, and but when my um, throat started hurt as bad as it did and I started coughing really bad uh, I knew something wasn't right and then um, my test results came back uh, Sunday before the, the final round that I had mono so it was a little bit of a shock uh, but also um, not knowing really what was going to happen I had a lot of people reach out to me and to tell me not to be stupid pretty much just to not mm-hmm. push it and not play too early um, I love practicing, I love competing so uh, first thing that obviously popped up in my mind was Solon Cup. Um, there was just no way I was gonna miss the tournament because I grew up watching Annika and I worked really hard the last two years because I really wanted to be on that team and I wanted to be a key player uh, for Europe so um, in a way I felt like Solon Cup kept me going um, and I forced myself to rest. I had a lot of pe- great people around me that was telling me to to chill out, but <laughs> it's not one of my strengths, and patience is not either. So uh, I felt like I had to teed up at the British just to prove that I, I could teed up at the Solon Cup. Uh, it wasn't the easiest week, but I played really good, uh, finished seventh. Um, so obviously, um, it's been some ups and downs, but um, been been just trying to keep my head high
0: so do you think that without a solheim cup on this year's calendar or even without a solheim cup with annika as the captain you might not have ended up where you are right now as the other champion
1: it's tough i mean i i had to pull out of the scottish open the week before british and uh, and also push uh, pull out of uh, the canadian open the week after Solheim, and you know, I had a great week at Solem and all I wanted to do was keep playing and hopefully carry over some of that momentum uh, to my own tournaments, but um, pulling out there was, was a smart decision because it actually allowed me to get time to recover. Uh teed it up in Indianapolis and hit it really good but couldn't make a putt and ended up missing the cut. So, um, it was tough and I I didn't feel the most comfortable teeing it up in, in Evian um, knowing I hadn't played many tournaments and I actually felt pretty rusty. and. It's a new situation for me being in, being in September uh, mm-hmm. when you usually played a lot, but at the same time I, I was very excited to play, so maybe that helped me a lot, but definitely the whole Sloan Cup experience, the British, um, if it wasn't for those, I don't know if I would have played so well at the Evian.
0: Getting another major championship second of your career, does that uh, take any of the sting out of the playoff loss last year at the US Women's Open?
1: I mean, it's definitely sweet. Um, coming so close at the US Open last year I just felt like it proved to myself that um, I kind of belong and I, if I play well, I have a chance to win. Um, I didn't get the trophy at the US Open, um, but I was really proud of how I put myself in this situation uh, to win the tournament, had a great final round, and maybe that even um, even without thinking about it, made me get some confidence going into the final round of Sunday at the Evian. Uh, even though winning never really crossed my mind, teeing it up on Sunday. Um, I guess if you just keep at it and you know never give up, there's I guess there's always a chance, especially under pressure and, and during these tournaments. And I guess that's why they're they're so hard to win because you just never know.
0: Let's take things off the course. You have a, a free day, twenty four hours, you're not allowed to touch a golf club. What are you doing?
1: Um, well I like to sleep in, but most of the times <laughs> when I try, I really can't. Um I just like to be home. Um we go out so much when we're on the road. I love cooking, uh I'm spending it at home, um, hanging out with my boyfriend, um, talking to my friends and family back home. Um just just being Anna, I uh, there's so much things focused on golf, but I just you know like to wake up not having a, a schedule or any time commitments and I can just do whatever I feel like for the day
0: what's your go-to meal if i 've got the top chef people are coming in and we're filming a show in your kitchen what are you like what it. are you serving Kh <laughs>
1: Well, actually, the last you know, the last couple couple of days, I've been craving an avocado toast. So <laughs> that's what they served. very millennial of you. Yeah, that's what they served us here at the um, morning drive this morning. So <laughs> I was pretty excited, but I'm pretty low key, and I'll take pretty much anything that's homemade.
0: Do you go a lot of Swedish stuff? Or do you do American? Is it a mix?
1: I feel like I keep it pretty simple. Um, love Mexican food, um, salads, wraps. Um, I love cooking. Um, I keep it just pretty simple. It's less sugar, the better.
0: Yeah. Is it uh, something where you just enjoy having it as, as a different focus or a, an interest in your life? Does it allow you to take your mind off of what's going on on, on the LPGA schedule? Things like that?
1: I feel like always traveling uh, makes you appreciate a home cooked meal and not having to go out um, as much as. You know, you have some good meals in great restaurants all over the world. Uh, There's just nothing beats, you know, being home. Um, And also, I have a lot of food allergies, so being able to cook kind of helps me know what I'm putting in my body. And you do feel better after you being home for a few weeks and and cook your own food. Mm
0: -hmm. Travel-wise, what's one or two places that you would like to get to that you haven't been to in the world?
1: Uh, my dream is to go to the Maldives one day. Uh, wow,
0: that is very specific.
1: <laughs> yeah. I keep uh, looking at all these pictures of the tiki huts and all those bungalows on the water. and <laughs> <laughs> I would love to go there.
0: Were you focusing on a bungalow in the Maldives as you're freezing your butt off in the middle of the final uh, fairway it there? Did,
1: it did not cross my mind, <laughs> but it would sound pretty good right now.
0: Anywhere else? that? Because, uh, um, I mean, with the LPGA schedule being as it is, I mean, you guys are going to take off to Asia here in it in a couple weeks. You get around, you see you see a ton of the world, but there's got to be a couple bucket list spots, right?
1: Yeah, you just don't really have time to see a lot of it. Um, when you are at tournaments, you mostly see the hotel and um, the golf course and the airport. Um, I heard New Zealand is very pretty and haven't been able to spend much time over there, but um, hopefully one day I'll make it over there it's the cheerest.
0: What is one course you would like to see an LPGA event on that we haven't yet seen?
1: Um... I've never, I mean, I always never played Augusta. It's my dream, dream to play Augusta. I don't think we should have an event there, but that's just one of my bucket list Right, things. So that's
0: the end of bucket list. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, but as far as um, the LPGA, um, I feel that, feel like with the KPMG championship, uh, we're getting to play a lot of great golf courses. Um, and I'm excited for a few of the, the ones we have upcoming. Um, obviously, it would be cool to play somewhere like Cypress Point or Pebble Beach um, mm-hmm. in California one day.
0: That's good. Uh, what else besides Augusta is on your personal bucket list for golf courses?
1: It's actually really the only one, That's the only one. <laughs> that I have on my bucket list. It's gonna make my day or make my, my career one when, when I do get there one day.
0: Okay, We gotta be able to get you there. Shouldn't Two, two major championships should move you up the list, right?
1: Yeah, hopefully someone will, will be nice enough to invite me one day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, so you like you said, you, you left college, but now you're living in Orlando. Many of us here in Golf Channel live in Orlando. What are the pluses and minuses for you of being in, uh, in Orlando and living in the shadow of Disney World and, and all that fun stuff um, when you're here, the few weeks out of the year that you are?
1: Yeah. Uh, I played a little bit less this year, so I got to spend a little bit more time um, at home here in Orlando. Uh, I still miss Phoenix and the atmosphere. Um, that's in Arizona. That's where I went to school and where I still have a lot of friends. Um, all my friends and family love coming to Orlando <laughs> to visit, obviously. Um just because of Disney. Um, but it just gets a little overwhelming with all the tourists and I hate traffic and <laughs> sitting waiting. Um, so I feel like that's that's not the greatest. Um it's hard to find like a true atmosphere here. Um but um I'm close to Europe. Um we play a lot of tournaments on the east coast so it makes it very convenient uh, i have my team here um, so it's, it's been a great great location i have great practice facilities and um it's been a good base for me
0: are you a believer in the dry heat versus the humidity of florida is there any difference i feel like i go out to the west coast and it's it's still just as hot
1: um well i think it's something you get used to um i'm definitely more of a dust person and uh, I say I'm a West Coast girl, but <laughs> people say I'm from Sweden, so I guess they're right. Oh, yeah. But uh, um, love the love the dry heat. Uh, you get used to the humidity, but it's pretty nasty in the summers.
0: Last one before I let you go. When you go back to Evian next year, are you going to borrow Henrik Stenson's car that he used to turn back in the claret jug at uh, at Burdell? That sort of Delorean, crazy <laughs> futuristic car that he was rolling in. <laughs>
1: I don't think that will happen <laughs> But um, I, it's going to be great coming back to Evian And obviously I have great memories from this year And many other years that have uh, come there um, It's just a great honor to be back in Europe playing um, And it means a lot to me But um, we'll see what I can uh, negotiate with Henrik
0: There you go Well it's been an up and down year for you And Norquist But you have a major championship trophy Under your belt Congratulations to you Thank you again for joining yeah. us Thank you. All right. This is Will Gray with uh, the latest installment of the Golf Channel Podcast with Anna Nordquist. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent, being there day and night, and building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up That can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are.